0: Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, and welcome to the Net Worth WTA podcast, where we're going to talk all things women's tennis, handicaps and women's tennis. Well, well, not really handicaps and women's, women's tennis spread. It's, it's the end of the year. I know there's a challenger event this week, but it kind of feels like the season's over. Are you sad?
1: I'm just enjoying this Ostapenko undefeated streak. Another That's week, true. Another week without a loss.
0: That's right, man. Jorge, what do you think? We get at least a couple months of undefeated Ostapenko. How's, how about that?
2: Yeah, she probably didn't enter uh, Houston this week on purpose. Smart move.
0: <laughs> I like it.
2: But there's plenty to handicap. We may not do it here just because of the way the lines are and it's midweek edition. But uh, there's plenty of handicapping to do. done. Houston's going to be a fun week.
0: That's true. There's, there's a bunch of names there. Jeannie Bouchard, I think, won, won a tennis match. Is that correct? Two, Two in, in a row. Two in a row. row.
2: She has the chance for three straight for the first time on the year. She won two in Auckland, two at the Newport Beach Challenger, and then sprinkled in a win here and there in various other tournaments throughout the season. Nope, no, that's not true. Just one other one, um, because I believe she's got seven wins now. One against, uh, in the Middle East, either Doha or Dubai, and then two at Newport Beach, and I believe two in Auckland. So, first three win... Uh, first three win match streak, or however the hell you say it in tennis, uh, on the way potentially for her. She's
1: nipping at Bianca's heels.
0: Just trying to get back on top as the number one Canadian woman in tennis. I don't think we're too optimistic <laughs> about that, though. <laughs> I know it's been a little while since the finals but we thought we'd at the very least recap those a little bit, give some of our thoughts on the performances and, and who we thought did well. Obviously congratulations to the finals winner Ashley Barty she won the red group uh, followed by Belinda Bencic, Kiki Bertens subbed in for Naomi Osaka who unfortunately had a right shoulder injury and uh, Petra Kavinova finished fourth in that group. Really disappointing tournament for, for Petra. Svitolina wins the purple group followed by Karolina Pliskova Halep and Kennan. Um, Kennan Replacing Andriescu very late in the event, uh, Barty beaten Svidilina in the final there. So another good year in the finals for Alina Svitolina. um I know she didn't win, Jorge, but did she have a nice week?
2: Yeah, she had a nice season. To be honest, um, it's hard to complain about how she played this year. Uh, multiple, multiple good slam runs, and she continues to build towards winning one. And maybe not to, didn't defend her points uh, at the finals this year, but I mean she she went to the final of uh, of the event so again can't complain she had a very solid year
0: i was really impressed by her overall level of physical fitness I, something i'm definitely going to try to look into during the off season if she does hold her lever i'm sorry level a little bit better as we go through the season uh, she really looked a lot fresher and a, a lot you know a lot more pep in her step than some of these other players what did you think spread
1: definitely i mean she's she got. She put a little weight back on, and she's getting a little more power. And that was that was a good end of the season. And she had pretty good showings in all the slams this year. You know, even though she wasn't able to break through um, and and win one, um, very good year for Svitolina. But uh, even better year for the tournament winner Ashley Barty, who kind of you know nice bookend to her season after you know a great start and then the surprise win at the French. A uh, little bit of tough summer as she, like some of these other young players, um, I think struggled a bit handling the new expectations and the, the publicity demands and and the newfound fame. Um, but then she was able to wrap it back up, and now she's really looking like a, a top contender going into next year. Um, right up there with Bianca and Naomi, you know, with the three young players really going to be vying for the number number one next year.
0: When I think of tennis players, if you were to do sort of a Madden rating style rating of all the players, you know, break up different little categories, give them a rating between zero and 100, I wonder if Ashley Barty would have kind of the highest floor of any of the top players. There really doesn't seem to be much she can't do on a tennis court, and when she puts it all together, it's really a lot of fun to watch. I know sometimes I get annoyed at her. She really depends a lot on that backhand slice, and it could be exhausting to watch when it's not really being effective, but in general, I thought she showed her full breadth of her talent you know beating Plishkova is obviously a lot different there in the semifinal, and then coming to face Alina Fitolina, a much different player and being able to beat her um you know I think just in those two matches you got to see a lot of her versatility absolutely a great year for her um you know as I mentioned Kvitova kind of had a tough week a tough end of the year for her are we just chalking that up to some injuries and maybe with a little time and and space and uh, rehab she'll come back fit and ready to go next year
1: Definitely, she didn't seem to be a hundred percent at all at any point of the year, right? She would have little flashes and then she'd regress immediately. So I think out of anyone, she can. Well, pff, gosh, Osaka's hurt, Bianca's hurt. Not out of anyone, but she's one of the many players that can use the time off.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's a long season. Jorge, anything to add on Miss Kavita?
2: Well, I think you know, it, like like you guys mentioned, long season. We saw those. We saw injuries pop up all week, right? Uh, with multiple different players, so um you know it's part of the part of what happens it's interesting to see though as we record this the men are playing this week and it doesn't seem to be nearly as much of an issue which is uh somewhat intriguing and i wonder if if there's anything to be had or read
0: into that in that regard that's an interesting point i don't think that we saw as many injury issues um I guess a lot of that could be some of the bigger talents, Federer, Djokovic, Nadal. Don't play as much, yeah. Those guys really dial down their schedule to make sure that they're fresh. Um, you know, a guy like Medvedev just plays every stinking week. Lord only knows how he is, is still together with um, as much tennis as he plays. But you're right, it does seem to be less of an issue. But maybe there is a little um, better management of kind of the year there. Um, I don't know how many women really think about the year that holistically. Right. Andriescu, nice tournament. of shame to see her get hurt, um, knee injury. She tried to play through it for a little bit, which seemed kind of silly, given you know how she looked and the way that match went. Um, hopefully, she's okay. Osaka, right shoulder injury. Don't know how serious that is. She did uh, play through that a little bit and then bounced for the second match. Are either of you guys worried about them come the beginning of next season? Or do you no. think that they should be uh, fit and ready to go? So Jorge, That's you're not funny. worried. I'm on the opposite what do you side. Think so? I'm
1: worried about both of them as far as longevity, especially Andreescu having so many injuries at this young age.
0: Yeah, I wonder if, and this is another good thing to go back and look at over the off season, how younger players handle their season. I wonder if, you know, for somebody like Osaka, she has been playing tennis obviously for a while, but I think her seasons continue to get more and more intense the last few years, so I wonder if she gets a better understanding of what she needs to do, and, and maybe even try to dial her schedule back just a little bit. Um, Andreescu, same thing, I don't no, again, I'm not too great on her history up before this season, but what do you think, Jorge? Is this the first season she's probably played this much tennis at this high of a level?
2: Oh, well, definitely, and I think as well, I mean, uh, she's she's still young to the point where, she, uh, you know, her, her, fit, or her endurance on court is great. I think she works really hard to, even when she's low on energy, to push through, but I don't think there's any doubt that she does need probably a little more conditioning. Um, now the key is going to be to try and, you know, she's gonna have to take some weight off and the key is gonna be not to lose too much of that power um, if she does, right? Because she's gotta build that endurance a little bit and if she doesn't, I think some of these injuries can almost be chalked up to the fact that she maybe does push through these matches. We saw it at Indian Wells uh, where she was almost in tears on the court when she won, right? Uh, Talking about, you know, I want this so bad. Well, you don't know perhaps you know her body she was feeling it for a reason and might have pushed herself a little too hard um to win that title so she needs to build on some fitness to the point where she's not that gassed and doesn't have to push her body over certain limits uh to win titles but at the same time you don't want to get like we saw it happen with Svinolina last year where she lost all that weight and then just really lost a lot of her the essence of her game so you've got to kind of maintain uh the power she has and, and kind of what makes her game so special while also ensuring her conditioning is uh is much better and that is something that i think will come down to sylvain Bruno, um her, her coach so you know that that's where a coaching team really comes into play how do you manage the schedule how do you you know improve conditioning without losing too much of of a players uh you know pushing them away from from the from their strengths in their game um and i yeah it'll be interesting to see how they manage that because she's still so young and there's still
0: so much time yeah Belinda Benchich, no official injury for her, but she was pretty dinged up at the end of this. It was nice to see her actually complete a season. Um, you know, I'm not sure quite the first time ever, but the first time in a long time she's been playing tennis this late into the year. Really exciting year for her. Um, I like the finals this year. Overall, I thought these were eight women that really popped this year. Um, I think all the Grand Slam winners are here. Um, you know, Kennan got a chance to play. I thought that was nice. She was a really big Part of this season from, you know, as we go back and remember some of these tournaments, um, Kiki Burton sneaks in much to my demise and actually almost had a chance to advance. Um, that substitution stuff is kind of funky, but um, I guess it makes sense to have somebody in there and play tennis as opposed to giving people kind of walkovers and things like that. But any other thoughts from you guys on the finals before we jump into kind of a recap of the year that was?
1: Well, this will kind of lead into a recap of the year that was. Um... Speaking of injuries, is there any player in the top 10? I think this is an indictment of of how the season's too long. Is there any player in the top 10 that didn't have injury issues over the year? Let's
0: see. uh, I guess Pliskova. I don't remember her being really injured at any particular point. Okay, there's a good one. She wasn't. But but as you go through there, you know, Barty. Yep, I think Barty was... I'm trying to remember if Barty had a big injury. I'm struggling to remember that. Well,
2: of all the premier mandatories and slams... The eight mandatories and the uh, and slam events. Andreescu missed two total and Petra Kvitova missed one. And that's it. Everyone else played. Now, were they completely healthy? I'm sure there were some withdrawals. Um, okay. But everyone else played all eight. Uh, Barty, Plushkova, Osaka, Halep, Benchich, and Svitolina all played. Australia, the French, Wimbledon, U.S. Open, Indian Wells, Miami, Madrid, and beijing now svitolina went out super early in miami and madrid um you know there's certain you know Benchich went out really early in miami so I'll, there could have been fatigue or or injury uh concerns in those losses but for the most part at the big big big
0: events they were all there well, that's
1: yeah, a were. good point you know that's a good nice counterpoint there all right
0: it's a tough season. It's it's obviously very long. And I think we were kind of circling it when we talked about the difference between the men's finals and the women's. Maybe there does need to be, you know, a little better load management, if you will, to steal a concept from our NBA podcast for for some of these women throughout the year. Um, you know, maybe they don't need to be playing all the all the 250s and, and 470s and, you know, trying to focus on some of these bigger events. Speaking of those big events, let's go back through the winners of each of the big events. The Slams, of course, as everyone remembers, Osaka started the year with the Australian Open. Barty took the French. Halep took Wimbledon in kind of a weird switcheroo of who people would have picked for each one of those. (laughs) Um, Andreescu took the U.S. Open. Now, we've got... Let me just double-check here three, four, five. We've got nine premier events. I think it'll be fun to see if uh, we'll take turns and see who can guess uh, most of the winners from that. We'll start with you, Spread. Who won Indian Wells?
1: Uh, Andrew Escu.
0: Very good. Jorge, who won Miami? Uh, was it Barty? It was. Yep. Spread, who won Madrid?
1: Dang it, that was the one I said in the pre-show I didn't remember. Uh, Pliskova.
0: Well, no, no, no. My nemesis Kiki Burton's all right, Jorge, this is your chance to take the lead. Who won Beijing?
2: <laughs> Beijing, we're going way ahead. Oh gosh, I can't. Uh, I can't remember if she won Beijing or if she won Tokyo. I'm going to go with Osaka because I know she won one of them. She won both of them. Very no, she good. Won both.
0: <laughs> she did. All right, spread. Jorge's got a. Well, one that's why one I couldn't remember. Lead. That's right. <laughs> spread. Who won Dubai? it. Jorge, who won Rome? Salop? Pliskova, there That's we go. I'm, i, I make back on even footing. Yeah. Oh, man. All right. Toronto. Spread, who won Toronto? Andre And Jorge, who won Cincinnati? Uh, oh, shoot.
2: Cincinnati.
1: Who did I lose the most money on outrights this year?
2: Who did you lose the most
0: money on
1: outrights? Who was I always supporting that never came through for me?
0: A lot of women. I can't. All of them. Geez. I Madison can't. Tell. I don't Keys. know. Remember, I picked her at Keys. almost every slam. There we go. <laughs> all right, the Jorge. I'll give... out
1: right on her on all four slams.
0: I'll give you one more chance for a little redemption. Congratulations to spread for getting the least amount wrong. Jorge, who won <laughs> Wuhan? Okay. Oh, Wuhan. Wuhan. Oh, I hate. Why would I be happy yeah, about the like winner a...
1: of Wuhan? Oh, there you go, Serena. We yeah. go. <laughs>
0: So now, I, like I thought this was a pretty interesting piece of trivia. There, you know, between the premier events and the slams, you've got you You've got, I'm sorry, thirteen major tournaments. How many of those thirteen major tournaments were, were won by a woman who's 23 years old or younger? You're talking about premier fives as well. Yeah. So if you take the premier Mandataries, there's four of those plus the premier fives. There's five of those plus the four grand slams. You've got the thirteen major tournaments. The ones we just blew through. Um, of those 13 tournaments, how many of them were won by a woman who was 23 years of age or younger?
1: Eight.
2: Well, I don't even – okay, i got to f- figure out the ages first. I know Well, you got <laughs> at least two or three from Andreescu. How old is, is she? She's 20. She's like yeah. 20 or 21. That's another one. Yep. Uh, Osaka's in that too. Yep. So that's another
0: – uh, Osaka's got two of them. Andreescu's got three of them. Bencic has one. I'm going to go with – Sabalenka how old is Barty is the question.
1: Barty's young enough. I've, she's in there. So is it seven, not eight?
2: It's nine. Nine. There you it's go.
1: Nine. Wow. Yep.
2: Sabalenka two. pushed it to nine then. Yeah.
0: Yep. Oh, two wow. for Osaka, two for Barty, three for Andreescu, one for Bencic, one for Sabalenka. I thought that that was a fun little way to remind us um, how lucky we are in the WTA to have this much talent at such young ages. You know, we have another five to 10 years of watching a lot of these women play tennis, if not longer. Um, it's a really exciting time.
1: Yeah, that next gen hashtag is definitely for the wrong tour, right?
0: It really is this year. It's... <laughs> All right, let's start to go back through a couple other things. Um, let's see if you guys remember this. Who won the most titles last year at the WTA level? Oh, I, I have No idea. I I can't store. I don't store information that for that long. Pliskova. Pliskova with four. Very good. There's a big tie. We're for... talking about 2019 or 2018. 2019. Oh. You know, last year we're not going two years back. We're not going to do it this year. year. <laughs> oh, this year. Sorry, <laughs> we're I in the year twenty nineteen. Year. The year's yeah, this is over. The year the year's over. Sorry. Seven. All right, the year in review twenty nineteen. <laughs> so everything I am saying is twenty nineteen. Excuse I'm not me if anyone else was confused. Last year, i oh, screw you. All right. <laughs> who had the most wins against a top ten player? That's oh, very good, spread. You did a good job. You really remembered all this stuff when we went through it on Friday when Jorge <laughs> wasn't wearing headphones. Um, who had the most wins on hard courts? Andrasker. Kennan. All that right, so oh, yeah. the first we time. Yep. There you go. And then um, who had the most match wins on all surfaces? Hard, grass, clay, put it all together. Barty. Very good with 52. Flishkova wow. in second there with fifty. So I thought those were all I kind was of gu- fun little facts.
2: I, I was just gonna say the French Open, winning that French Open, had to put her over the top. Because you knew she's gonna win a ton on Hards and Wimbledon. You throw in seven At the French Open alone, I mean, how does she not have the most wins?
0: Absolutely. All right, to finish things up here a little bit, I thought we'd have a nice discussion. Take a look at the rankings. And I think a really good way to frame up last year, 2018, versus this year, 2019, (laughs) um, is to take a look at the top 10 rankings at the end of 2018. So... Um, let's see if you guys can figure out who the top 10 was in 2018. Start firing off names, and um, I'll keep track of who you guess. We're doing the top 10 in
1: 2018? Top 10
0: 2018.
1: All right. I remember Dasha's in there, so we got Kasatkina in there. Yep. She's a 10. Um, uh, Serena, Kerber. Serena's
0: not. Pliska Kerber is number two. Uh, Pliskova was number
1: eight. Svitolina was number
0: four. Hallop. Halep was number one. Let's see. We're missing number three, number six, and number seven. Osaka was number five.
1: Uh, Let's see. Sabalenka wasn't in the top ten.
0: Nope. She was 13th, just outside. Big wasn't in
1: the top ten, was she?
0: Nope. Wozniacki was number three. Big step back for her this year. Um, Our most disappointing American at number six.
1: Madison Keyes. Sloan. Is- Sloan, Sloan. Stevens.
0: Oh yeah. So yeah. Well we'll get into her a, a little bit more and then Patrick Ovidova was number Bouchard. seven last year. That's so let's 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 dive into that then. I mean Sloane Stevens was the sixth ranked player in the world last year. I know that you know um, her season wasn't as spectacular as the year before, but still a really solid player and someone that we thought to be a danger. And, you know, one of the best we just, I think at certain points we described her as one of the best all around players in the game. You know, the way I kind of talk about Barty is the way that we kind of talked about her. She really did everything at at a high level and a few things very well. Um, What have you two seen in her game the last year that's sort of you know, maybe caused her to take a step back. I know a lot of times we talk about motivation. Do you guys think it's that simple or have you seen anything in her game? You know, has her footwork changed? Is a little too much forehand, a little too much backhand? Anything anything like that that stuck out to you this year from Miss Stevens?
1: Uh, I would say impatience. I don't think that she sets up the rallies like she used to. I think she's going for winners a little bit too early in the rally where uh, <laughs> before I think she was more content to let her opponents um, set up the mistakes that she was going to take advantage of. And now she's trying to force them.
2: What do you think, Corey? No, I, I'd agree with that. I, I don't think that, uh, sh- she has, she can hit, but a lot of her best, uh, play comes when she's defending, uh, constructing points and using her movement. And if she's just kind of getting slug fest and not move a lot and hammer away at the baseline, she, there's too many women who can overpower her now.
0: And that makes a lot of sense. So hopefully she can put it back together next year. Um, you know, I think she did finally get married over this off season, or got engaged. So maybe that'll help settle her life down a little bit, and, and maybe she refocuses on tennis. Um, it would be nice to see her put it back together. Caroline Wozniacki obviously took a big step back this year. I think we know why um, her first season playing with rheumatoid arthritis has been tough. She really failed to win more than three matches, I think, in any tournament all year and very rarely won more than one or two. So had had trouble all year kind of managing the RA and, and dealing with that. Hopefully she takes some time during this off offseason, um, learns some better ways to kind of manage it. Um, you know, nothing but our very best goes out to her, and, and we hope that we can see her play some good tennis again. Um, Kasat Kina took a big step backward this year. Um, Spread, do you want to talk about that a little bit? Is it is it really just as simple as you naming one of your cats after her?
1: It might be. Isn't that horrible? I mean, no, really, I mean, it's just the fact that I don't even know. how Looking back, it's like, how did she sneak into the top ten uh, with that poor second serve? And I actually went back and watched a couple of the matches just for fun. And she was very, very consistent, almost Halep-like. You know, I was almost looking at her like a little halep light at that point. Um, When she loses the consistency and she can't just be a wall, she can't win. So um, I think it's, you know, she played fantastic, but she almost has to play perfect every night to win uh, against the level of talent that's in the WTA right now.
0: So Jorge, do you think that last year and her being number 10 is going to end up being a big outlier in her career, or is there a chance for her to get back into the top 20, 25 regularly?
2: Well, I'm just not exactly sure what she does all that well. I mean, we just talked about Sloan uh, not kind of playing to her strengths as much, except at least Sloan can – I mean, her second serve might be absolute garbage, but, I mean, nothing. Not neither of Kasichina's serves is particularly good. Um, she can redirect pace decently well, and she creates good angles. But outside of that, like, I, I don't think there's all that much she does well. So I think that top 10 year will definitely be an outlier. Uh, it'll be really hard uh, to justify or to make a case for her returning there. She doesn't have much to her game.
1: Uh, she's pretty athletic. I think she's one of the fastest players for the side-to-side on retrieval. I think she's got that going for her. So you'll
2: you'll win a bunch of ITF events where players make a ton of unforced errors, but at the WT,
0: that's not going to cut at the WT level.
1: Yeah, I, I, I agree with you there.
0: I tend to be more in Jorge's camp, but I, I do wonder what she really did and, and put together and if she can get back to that level. Um, You know, going through, let's fill out just the top 20 for even a little more perspective on last year. Sevastova at number 11, Mertens at 12, Sabalenka at 13, Gorgas at 14, Barty at 15, Serena at 16, Keyes at 17, Garbina Muguruza at 18, Caroline Garcia at 19, Annette Contevate at 20. Um, Obviously, a couple of those names had rough years. Caroline Garcia um, just started the year getting her getting the absolute crap kicked out of her by Jennifer Brady and never seemed to recover. Muguruza um, continues to take steps back. Um, Julia Gorgas kind of had a tough year. I, I, I'm curious to see where her ranking looks like at this point. Um, any other thoughts on, on kind of tough years for those three players?
1: Nope.
0: Not really.
2: I think Garby really knows how to play within herself and, and has has it there. You know, she she's had sustained success. She's got slams. So I think that... It's just a matter of her finding her game. There's nothing to suggest she can't rebound. She's got a big game. Uh, she moves half decently for someone her size. She's got to serve. So she's got all the attributes there. It's just a matter of, I think, putting the mental aspect together and, and, and maybe finding a coach that helps her get back to that level.
0: Yeah. Looking at the rankings from the end of this season, Ashley Barty finishes the year number one. Pliskova, Osaka, Halep, Andreescu round out the top five. Svitolina, Kvitova, Bencic, Burtons, and Serena Williams round out the top ten. Um, when I think about the player that had the best year, for me it comes down to two women, Bianca Andreescu and Ashley Barty. I'll start with you, Spread. Who had the best year in the WTA? I think Andreescu did.
1: Uh, she's just, you know, Barty we could kind of see coming. Andreescu, I, you know, obviously we expect her to be good. and and But to be a top player and to... She played the best tennis of the year, I felt. How
0: about you, Jorge? Uh,
2: yeah, I think Andreescu had a, a phenomenal year. I think um, one player that we might want to mention is Karolina uh, Pliskova as maybe number three. Uh, she won a Premier Five, three Premier events, made a semi at the Aussie, made a final in Miami. So you look at Premier Five, she's got a W. You Premier Mandatory, she made a final. You look at Slam, she made at least a semifinal. Go to the 470 uh, Premier level. She's got three titles, so I think the consistency from Plushkov all season was there. I don't think she stood out much in the Big Eight events, and I think that's what ultimately uh, keeps her out of the, this discussion. But I mean, it's got to be yeah, Barty and Andreescu each won a Slam and a Premier Mandatory, as did Naomi Osaka. But I think the difference is Osaka, when um, you know, in the rest of the events, just wasn't nearly as consistent as Barty or Andreescu when healthy.
0: Yeah, I, I think
1: agree with that. Osaka's drawback is that she's basically hard courts only where I think Andreescu and Bardi can be lethal on any surface.
0: Yeah, I'm going to lean Bardi. I think, Jorge, you make a great point about Pliskova probably being the clear number three. Maybe Osaka gets the third spot there. Um, but you start to compare the big titles. <laughs> Bardi gets the French Open. Andreescu gets the U.S. Open. Um, Barty gets Miami Andreescu gets Indian Wells and then you start to compare you know which is more impressive winning Toronto or winning the finals I I probably lean toward the finals a little bit and I thought Barty was a little more consistent as you start to look through her season she just has these incredibly long win streaks where she just goes on runs of 12 and 13 you know wins in a row it's it's absolutely unbelievable what she can do when she's playing her best tennis so I would say Barty probably had the best year finishes with the number one ranking but it's very close between those two. Now, as we look through the rankings here, um, kind of finishing out the rest of the top 20 here, Sabalenka 11, Joe Conta at number 12. What an amazing year for her. Um, Won a ton of points on clay this year. Do you guys expect that to continue next year? Do you think that, you know, is is going to be an anomaly in her career? Or is that some growth on her part? What do you think, Jorge? I think that I just suffered probably the worst beat of the NHL season.
2: (laughs) on on like a big bet no less and you just brought up joe Conta who fucking dicked me all clay season fading her like oh my god no screw her i'm fading her every tournament clay season next year mark my words i will be fading her ass again i don't i don't care and i hope that people people do think like the market does think she's taking a turn no screw that good Bet for her, move that price, and I'll freaking slam the other way. All right, all I am right, so, spread. I am so stubborn. I will lose more money on that if I have to. There's no fucking way Joe Conta is doing that again.
0: Zero. All right, spread the retort.
1: I would just say, I mean, she she had the game for clay. She just didn't have the results for it. But it seemed to be just a matter of her getting comfortable and adjusting to the sliding. Uh, which she seemed to do. And if that's the case, you know, it's almost like Kerber, where it's like her game should be good on Clay, but it wasn't. It was almost like that up until this point. Um, and now she's got, now that she's a little more comfortable on it, I think that she has the game to succeed on Clay. So maybe talk a little more
0: about that. What about her game specifically do you think should translate well to Clay but hasn't in the past?
1: Uh, consistency and her movement on the defensive front. You know, she just moves very well side to side, and it's a good retriever.
0: It's interesting. I don't think about her that way. I think of her more as a strong server, so I'm curious to hear hear you say that. I consider
1: her to be like an above-average server. She obviously has like a nice serve, and, you know, it's not uh, necessarily a weakness, but I don't think it's like uh, an above-average, I mean uh, uh, like an elite server, a top serve. I think because there's not a lot of power there, it maybe doesn't get the respect
0: oh. it deserves. She really can be pinpoint when she's starting to play well. So I think from that perspective, again, the consistency of her serve and the accuracy of it. Jorge, what do you think about what Spread said? Do you agree with that assessment? I, she can really serve, but again, uh, serves can play on clay. Remember,
2: hitting through the surface is also something important. Like if you, it's one thing to be a ball retriever and to be a defensive player like Halop and to to use topspin um, to really help your ball get some bounce and take the hitters out of their strike zone. But if you're a flat ball pusher, like you're not going to translate to clay because you can't, you're never going to hit a winner. And if you come up against someone who can hit through it, they're eventually going to find space for a winner. So, um, you know, being able to hit the ball like Conta does is helpful on clay. Um, I still don't think she moves well. I still think she looks like, you know, a lost Skeletor out there with her limbs flailing. And I think that's going to come back to bite her. But, but you
1: don't consider her a flat ball pusher because I kind of think she is a flat ball pusher. She's
2: not a pusher, man. She can hit the ball. Yeah, okay. So uh, no, I, I don't. I don't. I think she has some attributes that can play on on clay, but like the big one is not there, and I think she got very lucky this year.
1: Yeah. Well, this will be fun to revisit when the season comes because, um, boy, the clay season. That's it seems to be uh, for the last couple of years, my. My results on clay pretty much dictate my whole year. Interesting. Well, we'll have to if put I can this hit on clay year. like I'm just on fire, and it, it like when I struggled on clay this year, it just seemed to like jettison my whole season.
0: All right. The next name up here, Madison Keys, 13, Sophia Kennan at 14. I thought she had a really great season. Um, You know, as far as women that didn't win any of the big tournaments, she had probably just as good a year as anybody. Um, Do you guys expect her to continue to be a big fixture on the tour next year? Um, Does she take the step up and maybe try to fight her way into the top 10, maybe even the top five? Or is Sophia Kennan, you know, should we expect her to be more in the 15 to 20 range?
2: Uh, oh gosh anywhere 10 to 20 wouldn't surprise me uh to be honest she plays a ton of tournaments and that's one thing like just defending her points is going to be a lot um she'll need some big results at the bigger tournaments if she doesn't like if she wants to cut her schedule down and focus more on the bigger events and not you know push herself too hard again um that's fine and dandy but you know she's got you look at the early season she's got to defend the win in hobart the week before the Aussie. Someone like her may not want to play that again. Um, so if she can win Auckland, she may not play Hobart. Take the week off because she only made the second round there this year. And she probably could have beaten Halep. Um, if maybe she had a little more in the tank. You know, then Acapulco is another international that She went to the final. She's got a lot of these tournaments. Mallorca, I believe, isn't even on the schedule anymore. Grass season. Another international that she won. Um, you know, Toronto. Her, her big ones like Toronto, Cincinnati Uh, are good like Guangzhou I believe is another international she won so she's got a lot of you know 280 and 280 and 280 and three or two or three titles plus a final like that's gonna add up to almost a thousand points for her so luckily uh she's got a lot of room to improve at places like the U.S. Open at Wimbledon you know third round second round she only made the fourth round at uh the French and she only made the second round at the Aussies so she's got a lot of room um, at slams where she'll now be seated and obviously not have to uh, play the really tough opponents for for at least a few rounds to build some points there and, and not have the pressure of having to go play these smaller events. But, you know, it's going to be hard for her to, to build
0: on her points total because of that. Spread. what do you think? Is she going to be a contender for a Grand Slam or even a Premier Level title next year?
1: I would say Premier Level, yes. I don't know about Grand Slam, but... I'll tell you what, in a, in a sport where we are constantly handicapping motivation and, um, you know, looking for motivation angles, isn't she a breath of fresh air that you pretty much know if you put your money on Cannon that she's going to give 100% every night? It's I think that stands out to me the most about her.
0: It really does, and I think it was kind of one of the things that Jorge is talking about. Not just that she plays a lot of events. She plays a lot of events hard. Um, so really fun for her. I think she does get a chance to maybe take a step up next year, hopefully win one of those may- larger events.
1: So which one would you think that, if you were to guess right now, which one would you think is best suited for
0: I'd probably have to pick a premier event. My guess is it would have to be probably on hard courts. Um, I'm trying to think. Like I wonder Indian if she, could, uh, yeah, wonder if she could win Indian Wells or Miami. I, I bet you she could win either one of those. I think those set up nicely for her. What do you think, Warren? Miami
1: might be nice with uh, the extra week and the fatigue because she seems to be in real good shape.
0: Yeah. All right, as we continue down the list here, Mardich Vondrusova finishes the year at 16, really only playing half of the season. Hopefully she comes back healthy next year. Allison uh, Mertens at 17, Allison Risk at 18, a name that will be sure to keep circled come grass season and um, some of those Asian swing tournaments that are faster indoor tournaments. Um, what do you guys think of Allison Risk? Does this kind of uh, end up maybe being one of the better years in her career, or does she continue to take a, a step forward and um, be a steadier presence in the top 20?
2: Well, I, I just don't see it. I think... Uh i i can't see her her sticking i just i can't i could i can maybe 20 players that are better than her and then it's it's, it becomes difficult in terms of you know do they perform well i think her success and ranking sadly isn't going to be on her own racket like for a lot of these women if they play at the top of their game they're going to be top 20 players i don't think she's one of them um you know, a lot of her success came later in the season or in the second half. You know, She went to the Shenzhen final. Sure, that was great, uh, but then second round Doha, third round Dubai, second round Indian or third round Indian Wells, but she had a, a bye there. Um, and then or sorry, Indian Wells Challenger second, a third round, but had a bye. Indian Wells first round, Miami second round. And then you see, you know, first round results in Monterey, Madrid, Rome, Nuremberg and the French. She got to grass and she dominated, as you'd expect. Uh, But really, it's that late season when a lot of players are either mentally checked out or physically fatigued or a lot of top players are hurt. So the draws open up in places like Toronto, uh, Wuhan, uh, those places where, you know, those twenty to 50th ranked players can make a run. She made the run to the final in Wuhan. Uh, Mind you, not because of an open draw. She had to beat Kvitova, Svitolina, and Kyung Wong to get there, which was impressive, but... um, you know, I just I just don't buy that she's... A lot of her points are predicated on Wuhan, Wimbledon, uh, and then wins at Denbosch and, and the, the high point, Serban and ITF. Like, outside of grass season, really it's just a 280 Shenzhen in week one of the season and Wuhan. That's it. So, while there's room to improve, she hasn't shown any signs of life on clay. She hasn't shown signs of life outside of... Asia or grass, so I just I just don't think there's enough there's enough points on the calendar for her to really
0: improve on where she is. I think this is her peak position. Yeah, I, I think I tend to agree with that. Spread, what what do you think?
1: Yeah, I mean I don't want to just repeat what Jorge said, but I think he nailed it. Um, if the grass season was longer, you know she'd have a chance to get more points. But what is it like three weeks? So that definitely is a disadvantage to her. And um, with a lot of these hard, court, hard courts being slower. Uh, I think it's tough for her because I think her game really is um, predicated on surface and her ability to hold serve.
0: All right, let's keep moving down here. Donna Vekic, 19, Angelique Kerber falls all the way from two down to 20. What a sad year for her. I know that she does tend to have rough years for whatever reason in the odd-numbered years. She's like the opposite of the Spurs in the NBA. It's very odd. Um, Do you guys expect Angie to get herself together and play some better tennis next year, or is this maybe a look at what to expect for the rest of her career? You know, more of a a 20s-level player and not a top 5 to 10 candidate. Spread, what do you think?
1: I think she's going to come back. I think that she was carrying injuries all year. And I think that if we get her healthy and she gets a run, she's definitely got the game and the attitude to do it.
0: How about you, Jorge? Any
2: optimism? Yeah, absolutely. I think this is one where um, we do see a rebound. I don't think there's any reason to, to suspect she won't. She's shown success on uh, you know hard courts across the world. She's shown success on grass plenty. Um, she's, she's demonstrated she's capable at the Grand Slam level where a ton of points reside. I absolutely think we'll see a
0: bounce back here from Angie Kerber. That's good. It's always more fun when she's playing good tennis. Carolina much, and or Mahova, 21. Diania Estremska, 22. Two young players that really popped this year. Um, I kind of like that they're ranked right next to each other. Um, spread, which of those two do you think will end up having the better year next year? I like Mahova. Yeah? I bet I you are, that, hey? Yeah. <coughs> What's that, sorry? What do you think? So what <laughs> do you think? Better year next year, Stremska or Mahova? Uh, Mahova is just far more consistent. Yeah, I, I think so. I wonder if your can ever put it together. I feel like she does have the better top end talent. Um but spread what do you what do you think? Why why did you choose Mahova?
1: I mean, same reason. You're just going to get more consistent results from her. And with your you're kind of in that um Ostapenko zone where it's like if she redlines, she can beat anyone, but she only seems to redline like 25% of the time. So, um just sucks the tape study on her is so hard because it really looks like there's like three or four different players showing up and playing under the name Diana Yastrzemska because you know, you've seen her where she looks like she should be in the top five and then you've seen her where she looks like, you know, she should be in the ITF. So um, with Muhova, when you watch her, you see more of the same player every night and she has all the tools uh, needed for success in the WTA, Uh, really great ground strokes. I'm actually a big fan of her game.
0: All right, rounding out the top 25, Zachary, 23. Well, hold on.
1: Let's go back to Vekic, because I know you love Vekic, and you always talk about how talented she is, and I think that she's a good player, but I don't see her as just like supreme talent. I see her as as a player who's kind of living up to her potential. So can we kind of discuss our outlook for Vekic next year?
0: Yeah, a disappointing season for me from her perspective. I don't know that she actually won an event this year. If she did, it must have been only one Um, I think that every week, either Jorge or myself would look at her from an outright Mm -hmm. perspective, get really excited about the number. And Mm -hmm. then just, she would flame out at some point during the semis. Um, you know, maybe she isn't as talented as I think she is. I don't know. I mean, her stats year in and year out look really, really great. She has fantastic hold break numbers. She continues to have a solid serve. Um, but maybe just has a limit to, um, what she can do when she does, start to play some of those better players. Her record against the top 10, top 20 players is not great. What do you think, Jorge?
2: Yeah, I agree. I think this year she was uh, easily the player I looked at and consistently saw value on over outside of, you know, our, our favorite uh, Veronica Cooter Monster. Um, <laughs> other That's than, right. We other the, than the Cooter, Cooter monster, to make up for I don't, the money. I don't think anyone else presented, like, odds that I just looked at and said there's no way she should be 2.75. She's, this should be a pick em. Like, this should be down on the minus 105, minus 110 region. And she was consistently like plus 150, plus 175. So um, either, like you, you said it best, the handicap might be off on her. But uh, I, I'm probably going to continue to see value. And it's I, had a, I have had a great season tennis-wise, so I'm not going to tinker too much. I think I'm going to look at a few players when I do my post-mortem um, and look at a few players and see who I fared the worst on and then go back and try and find some on-demand matches and, and do some tape study on them and see, you know, is it uh, – the ability is there but the inconsistency is, is what's wrong because in that case I can keep the handicap the same and, and just, you know, hope to continue to get long odds and, and find consistent matches from a capable player or is are there holes in their game that I didn't see before? And I think that's what I'm going to do uh, in the off season. and I think Vekic will be one of them because um, the one thing with Vekic is, she's one of those players – Um, like a lot of, there's a lot of guys on the challenger level in men's tennis who are like this. You see there, the spreads on, on a match will be three and a half. And you're like, I'm not going to take the three and a half because four and four loses, you know, and it's minus 115. But the money line will be somewhere in the, you know, plus 200 range. So, you know, at that point, I'll just take the money line and they'll lose, you know, six, four, four, six, seven, five. And you're like, ah, you know what, maybe you should have taken the spread. Um, but it feels like they're in a ton of these matches and like if they were lying to pick them it would be the right price but they lose 70 percent of them so is it is it that they're not capable is that they're bad in crunch time it's just or is it just pure you know variance like is it just a that's just they only you know that only happened eight times this year those particular situations with this one player next year she could go instead of two and six she'll go six and two and then as that sample size grows and gets to you know 100 200 matches within those situations you see that yes okay you're you're right in in those matches she's winning 50 percent of the time and she's con- continually uh, continually priced well above uh the even money mark so you know the handicap is there it just takes a long time and a lot of matches um to be able to really assess that and the tough part about tennis is because play, it's a it's a you know individual sport and players evolve month to month, that data gets stale really fast. Like by the time you have a hundred, two hundred uh match database where you have them at plus two hundred odds, the first 80 of them aren't even relevant anymore because the player is not the same player, right? So it's 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 gonna be a very it's a very tough balance with trying to adjust and and you've gotta mix tape study with your with your database and stats.
0: Absolutely. So any other thoughts on Vecatrim you Spread, now that you've kind of heard from us a little bit?
1: No, I mean, I think I said it all. I I think that she's a player living up to her potential, and maybe it's just because, to me, she doesn't have, like, overwhelming physical gifts, like, say, uh, like a Sabalenka or a Madison Keys, you know, where you're just like, oh, you know, if she just puts it together. um, So maybe that's just why I'm not um, as high on her as you guys are. But um, she's definitely a great player, and I think that she had, like, a – a better year than maybe you're giving her credit for just because you had such high expectations for her.
0: Yeah. Zachary, Anna Sloane Sloan Stevens round out the top 25. Unless you guys have any thoughts on them. I was going to transition up to, I thought we'd look. Yeah. The, I want
1: <clears throat> to ask about what do we yeah. think of uh, Zachary going into next year? Cause I thought she was really hard to cap this year.
0: She was. I think that I see her kind of similar as the way we talk about Kennan, but a little worse player. Um, comes out, gives kind of a full effort when she does play. Um, and that's really kind of her biggest gift, her consistency, um, her general ability to just kind of outwork her opponent throughout the season. Um, I was surprised to see her name up this high. Again, not a player that I think of as really someone who's um, a contender to win a lot of events, if really any events. But I thought she had a nice season. I don't think that she will remain in the top 25 but I you know would be completely floored if she took a big step forward what do you think Corey uh I like I mean we've had this conversation
2: a lot this year I I like Marie Sucker. I think that um her game is is phenomenal um I think she can really she can hit she can redirect pace she moves really well she's she's shown time and again she can beat the big players uh as a big underdog so I think it's a matter of her stringing together um, you know that what's the cliche? You know she's got to string together a few matches, uh, that kind of thing. I, I, I honestly think that's all that's left for her to uh, to really make a make a splash and break through with a big title.
0: All right, let's jump into no, no, uh, let's do Anasmova oh, next year okay. too.
1: Yeah, because I think that she's got even more a high variance expectation for next year. I think uh, Soccer we can expect to be between fifteen and thirty next year. Not too much change, but Anasmova, I think is really could make a big jump what do you guys think
0: I think so I, I think that she has all the tools to make a big jump I'm a lot more optimistic about her next year than I am Sakura I think that overall
1: she's a more talented gift player oh yeah player. I would agree with that Jorge what do you think of Anasmo's upcoming year uh,
2: I think she showed being able to win on on Clay this year was huge uh, obviously the, the latter part of the year was lost because of a Uh, A tragic situation so she's got a ton of points to defend early not early on but in the first six months of the season five months of the season um let's say between uh second week fourth round Aussie quarterfinals Auckland uh she won Bogota in uh uh, what do you call altitude there where her serve really played uh she went to the semis of the French so from the beginning of the season of the French she's got a lot of work to do to you know pick up some points in places where she didn't have many points um you know madrid's gonna be an opportunity there uh where she lost in the first round of qualifying i think her serve should be able to play in in that altitude uh as well um so she's she's gonna have some opportunities on quick you know in certain places to pick up points and she's gonna need to do it because i don't know if the semifinals are an attainable goal for her at the french open again um whereas the, the 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 secondary part of the season grass season onwards is the complete opposite right it's the uh, it's the reverse she's got very few points to defend um she has the u.s open cincinnati and uh next year they'll be in montreal montreal slash toronto that she didn't play um so you know first round in beijing second round wuhan these are all big points tournaments and she She didn't really play them, um, or if she did, maybe she still had, you know, lingering uh, emotional issues, which are completely understandable at anyone's age, but let alone for someone as young as her. Uh, So, yeah, I think that uh, I'd be very optimistic about Anissimo if she can pick up points in places she didn't uh, leading into the French Open and kind of, you know, not lose too much ground. Like, I don't expect her to gain in ranking or maintain it, but if she can not, you know, uh, lose too much ground on her ranking, then um, I think we could see a huge move for her late in the season.
1: Yeah, I think other than Kerber, she has the most likely of these, you know, last 10 women that we discussed to jump into the top 10.
0: Absolutely. Again, rounding out the top 25, Sloane Stevens, who we talked about kind of at length already. Um, so I thought it's kind of the last piece here. Start to be a little more optimistic around next year. I'm going to kind of pepper you guys with some names in, uh, that are ranked 50 or above, and let me know what you guys think about kind of what their their best situation for next year looks like. And right off the bat, number 50, Victoria Azarenka. Um, do you think she guys, do you guys think she builds on this year, or is um, you know what we saw this year more of what she's going to look like going forward as she kind of um, gets into a, what I believe to be probably the later part of her career? What do you
1: think, Brad? I think it's going to be a lot like this year. I don't like capping Vika matches, to be honest. Sometimes she comes out with that old brilliance and, and you know just looks like the top ten player that she was, and then there's other times where her game doesn't seem to be with her at all, and I can't figure out like a predictive indicator of which Vika we're going to get. Um, so I'll expect some some dynamic uh, performances from her tournaments here or there, and then also some disappointments as well. I'll uh, probably be staying away from beacon matches. But I think it's gonna be very similar to the year she had this year.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah, I, I think that the the two things that, you know, any tennis handicap you might have, you know, your hold break, you might have your tennis abstract uh stuff, you might understand stylistic matchups and well this person's forehand or this person's backhand wing is you know, this advantage or that and you know, that's all good and it's all relevant. But I think the two things that um And they're so simple, and it's like the KISS method, keep it simple, stupid, Um, that that a lot of people don't really take, either don't take into account at all or don't take into account nearly enough are travel and fatigue, or the simple philosophy of dog or pass. Play them if they're a dog or pass. Or fade them, right? Depending on the value on the other side. Vika's is one of those players to me. If you give me plus 125 Vika on a hard court against just about anyone, I'm probably going to be enticed to play her. But I'm not going to, you know, play her when I see it a 50-50 situation constantly when she's between minus 140 and minus 200. It just it, That's a losing proposition. And I think there's a lot of those players that if you can really just take your handicap, filter out a lot of players to the point where you say if they're a dog, like on the men's side I call Constant Lestienne, is a challenger player that is that is like that like a, a martin cleason can be like that um you know a lot of players a ton of them on both sides where it's like you save yourself a headache trying to figure out if they're going to win or lose this match if they're minus 150 then if you're still trying to figure it out it's probably not worth betting on it's probably too much for 50 50 flip to bet on someone that's minus 150 so if they're if they play them if they're a dog and if they don't pass vika's like that there's a ton of players like that Fade people off long weeks. Uh, fade people off long travels uh, areas. Though that stuff alone is going to put you so f- much farther ahead. Um, and of course, you have to beat the market because you got uh, people like you know who'll be sitting at work. Guys like me who have our laptops open with Pinnacle Unibet Bet three uh, six five in Canada anyway. And I'm waiting for the opening lines. I'm you know people will suss these situations out. It's Saturday. Uh, there's people who are checking entry lists for the next week. There are people who see someone on the semifinals, and as soon as they see that they're playing the next week, they're waiting for their name in the draw, and they're ready to, to, to look for that opening line on Pinnacle. So, you know, they, three simple steps. Find players that are worth it or plus money or pass. Find travel spots and uh, fatigue spots. And three, you know, have your laptop always open on one of those pages. I know some workplaces probably block those sites out, which sucks, but... Beat the market and handicapping tennis will become a lot easier uh, in those three steps. This isn't like, you know, God, I sound like a slime ball trying to, you know, you know, those uh, get rich quick schemes in three easy steps. Like (laughs) (laughs) in this case, it's not get rich quick and it's certainly not easy, but it will certainly help you
0: take steps toward profitability. At the very least, you'll lose a lot less less money. Right. Number 52, 21-and-a-half-year-old Victoria Kuzmova. Um, not a name that I would have picked out, but, spread. I know this is a name that you're kind of optimistic about. What do you think about her year next year?
1: Yeah, I like Kuzmova, and I think that I'm higher on her than you guys are just from our previous conversations. But I think she has all the tools to be uh, in the top 20 if she could just play consistently. She's another one where um, maybe not as bad as Justremská, but... You know, you can do two different tape studies on her, pull up two different matches and it doesn't feel like you're watching the same player. If we can get that good Kuzmova, you know, about 70 to 80% of the time, uh, I think she could really be a force to be reckoned with.
0: I bet you, Jorge, maybe you're the tiebreaker here, because I, I am not nearly as optimistic. I think that she has a nice serve and a little bit of power to her game, but I'm not as optimistic. How about you? Uh, it's... She's a tough, she's an enigma.
2: And I think 52 in, in the world rankings about sums up what kind of player she is. Um, <laughs> you know, where I'm, I'm trying to suss out whether, you know, does she have the potential to be better than that? Absolutely. Does she have the inconsistency issues and the inability to control power issues to get worse? 100%. So I think... You know, to me, everything evens out and, and 50 sounds about right. Uh, I, I, that's the best way to put it. I think she is, you know, wh- where she should be right now and, and where she probably will be until uh, she learns how to construct points, think through matches and not just, you know, allow her, her natural hitting ability to carry her through certain certain wins.
0: All right, the next group of players I'm going to kind of lump together, 53, Venus Williams, 54, Svetlana Kuznetsova, 55, Carla, Suarez, Uh, 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 No, stopping you right there. No, 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 no. Is it Kuznetsova? No. Is it Kuznetsova? What is it? No, you are
2: not. uh, No, there is no fucking way. I am letting you lump Venus Williams with Svetlana Kuznetsova. They're all over 30. That 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 better be intentional because it if was. this is the reaction you were looking for for good audio, you got
0: it, pal. Well, I mean, they're all over thirty. CSN's thirty-one. Kuznetsov is thirty-four. Venus Williams is thirty-nine. Um, Venus Williams sucks. Obviously, Kuznetsov doesn't. Obviously, Jorge doesn't feel um, too optimistic about Venus returning to form anytime soon. But I was going to ask, <laughs> <Try> ever <laughs> before I was railroaded. Um, was are there any of do any of these three women? Um, have a better ranking at the end of next year than they do right now. Does anybody improve on their situation? Do we see any of these women crack the top 50 next year? Obviously, Jorge, you don't think it's Venus Williams. So if you had to pick between Kuznetsova and Suarez Navarro, who, who do you got? Well, didn't
2: Kuznetsova really just have that one turn when she came back? I think she has the most room for Washington. on the calendar. Did she play the early part of the season at all?
1: No. She's got I, and she
2: 1,052
0: points. She's got 1052 points. I wonder if some of those are still points she carried over before her injury somehow. It was um, it
2: was Cincinnati the, the the final in Cincinnati and you know the the round of 16 third round in Wuhan.
0: Um, I guess you're right. Those that's enough to get her to 1000. So that's a really interesting angle if she can play and, more events and be consistent she's And an Toronto, right? Yeah. Like outside of those three tournaments
2: she really she didn't come back until April, so she's got January, February, March to, to add points. And then even in in April, you know, she didn't have a whole lot. So outside of those, she's got a ton of time to add points before she gets to um, the the late hardcourt season where she's got to really kind of defend anything. And, you know, even like the, the Wuhan Toronto points, okay, let's say she gets to the second round instead of third round. The points that come off, you know, second to third round, both of those combined aren't great. It's going to be Cincinnati that'll be the telling kind of test for her uh in, in that and if if she can I, I think she has the best chance just based on the fact that she has months and months of no no points at all to defend it could just build a ranking
0: what do you think spread do you like kuznetsova or you got anything nice to say about uh csn or venus
1: well for yeah i have tons of nice have to say venus is one of my favorite players not necessarily growing up, but she's pretty close to my age, and I've always rooted for her. I've rooted for her when she played against Serena in their little sister. Match-ups. Wait, wait, wait,
0: wait, wait, wait! She's close to your age. She's only thirty-nine. You got to be at least twenty years older than her.
1: <laughs> right. Well, of all the players, she's closest to my age. Um, okay, no, okay, I've okay, okay. okay. There we music. go. There we go. There I we go. I don't have a. I don't have big high hopes for her, though. I think that she's really um, near the end. But I really think it shows how much that she really loves the sport of tennis because I th- she has to know. I mean, she's not she's she's a bright person. She sees that she's not able to really compete like she once did, and she's still out here playing. I think she really loves the sport. Don't see her coming back. And between Kuznetsova and CSN, I actually would favor CSN, not a form or game, but I just think that um, she has the uh, more likely to stay healthy.
0: That's an interesting pick. I, I like the way Jorge broke down the points. I think that's going to make a big difference. But at the same time, CSN doesn't really have a ton of points to defend. Again, roughly the same as Kuznetsova. But um, don't think she really made a deep run in any event. Did, not, did Spread say that Venus Williams
2: is the closest of all, all the players on like the top 100 to his age? Yes,
0: because she's the oldest by, I think, oh. five years.
2: Okay, so so check frickin' mate to
0: me then. <laughs> Point! Freaking made. <laughs> All right. Another group of players here and we're going to go younger this time. Uh, 56 Jennifer Brady, 57 Marie Buzkova, 58 Katerina Sinjakova. I'll skip Cornet at 59 and go to Schweitek at gonna 60. cuz uh, she's 29. Blinkova 21, Farrow <laughs> at 22, Zidanic at 21. A really nice group of names there again. Brady, Buzkova, Sinjakova, Schweitek, Blinkova, Farrow, hmm. Zidanic. Um we know Jorge how much you like Sedanik, but um, you know as you th- think about that list of players, who makes the biggest step forward next year? Oh, okay. Uh,
2: I think the person that's positioned themselves best is uh, the pole, the young pole, pl- the young pole, um, Iga Świątek. I think that uh, you know she she played a ton this year, but a lot of qualies, a ton of qualies matches, and. She still somehow, you know, ha- finds herself well inside the top 100. She's going to have main draw, entry to all the slams. And I think that was a ton of the the qualifying matches she had to play. She's an all-court player. Uh, I think she takes the biggest step forward. I love Zidancic from a betting perspective. I don't think she's going to take a huge ranking step forward per se. Uh, I think Fiona Farrell is going to be one to surprise people. She's a name to watch. The one I think that's going to impress the most on hard courts in that group will be Marie Buscova. I think there's a a lot of the names you mentioned there are are all people to watch uh, and all people who should finish the year ahead of Venus Williams in the rankings.
0: Buzkova was my choice. I I liked her a lot. (laughs) I think she's going to have a great hardcore season again next year, maybe start to win some of those middle and and smaller tournaments. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, Schwitek just continues to be impressive. And again, only at 18 years old, she has nowhere to go but up. Spread, when you think about that list again, Brady Buzkova, Siniakova, Schwitek, Blinkova, Farrow, and Zdancic. Who sticks out to you the most?
1: Oh, Schweitek. I think that she's by far the most talented player of any of the players that you mentioned and probably the only one with top 10 potential. Um, the interesting thing for Jennifer Brady will be, is she going to get lucky and get scheduled Carol Garcia a bunch of times? Cause I think that helped her ranking a lot. Absolutely. <laughs> that was pretty funny when she just kept beating Garcia over and over again, every tournament.
0: It was, I, I like her a lot. I-, I wonder how consistent her game is. I don't know that she's the overall best tennis player, of this group, but just, another solid chunk of young players now this was something that surprised me who do you guys think is younger bernarda para or lauren davis bernarda para really i th- i would have guessed davis but davis is 26 para just shot 25 24.9 oh. um and i don't know if point 9 means like 9 probably cuz davis just looks so but... young she's so small yeah davis 64 para fi- 65 uh Plushka with the Lesser there at 66. Sasnovich at 67. Um, I don't have too much to say about any of them. I guess all these numbers feel right. Anything good or bad from either of you on on those four players? Again, Davis Para, Plushka with the Lesser, and Sasnovich.
2: Well, I would like to see Bernardo Perra take a step forward. I've been waiting for a few years. She's got she's got a, a nice, like it doesn't look like she hits the ball all that, all that you know, big, but she could really uh, 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 crush the ball when she's on Um she serves decently I don't hate her returning ability I think it could use that's probably where she wants to work a little more and if she does um, I really think she could be a decent player I don't know if she'd ever be a top 10 or even a top 25 but certainly like a top 30 to 40 player she's that's well within her capability especially with all the points that one can accrue um, at the WTA international level i mean weekly and she's good on she's good on multiple surfaces so she certainly has the potential to to jump up the other ones i'm not so big on sastovich would be the only other one that i even consider i'm not huge on davis i think her height really hampers her um christina plishkova just doesn't have i i I don't know how you're a twin uh and then you get you're the left-handed one and you're much worse like you would think that if you're identical twins, that the lefty would probably have a little bit of an advantage, but uh, she just doesn't move at all. Uh, she doesn't really have the groundies of her sister, so I'm not I'm not
0: too optimistic for her. Yeah, Para, I'd be absolutely floored if she was ever a top 10 player, but I could see her definitely be at a top 50 staple, maybe even cracking the top 25. Spread, anything to add about those women?
1: Yeah, well, you guys remember I love Sasnovich. Jorge was teasing me because I think I bet on her almost every match she played in the summer of 2018 but she hasn't really made a step forward and she's kind of getting to that age where, I mean, I don't really see it. Like what is, you know, she might've maxed out her potential. And, um, obviously like a lot of these players that we're mentioning, they all have the potential to redline and, and win a tournament here or there. Um, but overall I don't really expect a lot of consistent results from her. All right. The last individual name that I want both of your
0: opinions on here. Number 68, 15-year-old Coco Gauff. What do you expect <laughs> from her next year? Um, you know, obviously, we kind of laughed at some of her outright prices. You right. know, do you think she continues to be kind of a goofy force in the outright market? Or does she start to justify maybe some of that pricing as the year goes on?
2: She's the complete opposite of what I said about Zidanecic. While I love betting on Zidanecic and think the odds with her are just incredibly stupid, especially on clay, uh, whether it be outright or even in individual matches, um, but she's probably not that great of a player overall, just a great, uh, odds versus implied probability or implied probability versus, you know, real probability for me anyway. Uh, I would say the opposite is true of Coco Goff. I'd say I won't bet on her much, but you know, if she goes to the semifinal of the slam next year, I ain't going to be surprised. Like I'm not going to be sitting there going, holy cow, I didn't see that coming. It's just, there's no, there's not going to be any value in, in betting it'll happen, but you know, it very well could.
0: Yeah, I'm optimistic about her growth next year. I, I do wonder if the market kind of slows down on her a little bit, um, you know, she be as she becomes less and less of a novelty as the season runs on. Spread, are you excited for her future next year? Is she going to be competitive in some of these bigger events, or is she, or should we still be thinking of her as someone, you know, maybe who might win an international or something like that, not quite ready to be competitive in some of those premier and Grand Slam events?
1: Well, she won an international at in the end of the year. She beat my favorite, so... Um... She's definitely capable of doing that. Um, So my thing with her is I think that she will um, continue to improve, and I think the market will continue to love her, and we're never going to get really um, advantage pricing on her.
0: All right. We're getting sort of towards the end here. I'm just going to kind of fire through the rest of the top 100. You stop me at any point if you have something interesting to say. I'll pepper in some comments as we go through. Uh at kina at 69 talked about her a little bit linzu at 70 lesia saranko at 71 jill teichman at 72 i'm excited well, there, for her there's one season. there clay yeah. clay season could be yep. uh Clay's going to be great for her could be interesting yep.
2: it's those internet build a few more uh international
0: uh runs for her like she did in prague yep she'll be definitely a name to circle come that season or one of our very favorites, Serana Kirstea. Um, not sure what to think about her from a tennis perspective. Just glad she's out there doing her thing. Um, <laughs> the player formerly known as Laura Siegmund showed signs of life towards the end of this year. Uh, we'll see what happens to her next year. Owns Jabor at number 75, which just feels right. That's the most appropriately ranked player I've seen in the whole thing. Um Maybe she's healthy finally for the first time next year. Who knows? Zarina Dias at 6'76", and Andrea Pekovic, Monica Puig, Victoria Golubich, Masaki Doi. Um, nice season for the Japanese player cracking into the top 100. I don't know if she's been in the top 100 before. I'll have to check that. Yeah, wasn't, that based,
2: wasn't that based on uh, – wasn't it her versus uh, another kind of periphery player and not uh, – Okashima? Oh, oh, my gosh. What's the place where you all dropped the uh, atomic bomb? Here Hiroshima. that's the one. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it was her versus Habino. Yep, it was, was Hiroshima. Me and
1: Noobs, me and Noops, uh, physically did it. How'd you know? Uh,
2: I just <laughs> mean murka. I,
1: I saw something on television. I saw that it was a
0: cow and a chicken or something. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> it's murka That's right. Y'all are Murka. Jessica Pagula, eighty-one. Sarah Sorabas Tormo. Taylor Townsend at eighty-three. The dark. Hey, let's
1: talk about Pagula real quick. I think she's got some potential to make some noise next year. What do you guys think?
0: I think she could compete for a spot in the top fifty, be really competitive, maybe win an international or two, but I don't see much more than that in her game.
1: What about you, Jorge? Right?
0: Nah, I think if you if
2: you if you can get ITF pricing at five dimes, or I I know that uh, bookmaker uh, does a lot of not a lot of, but they they do do the uh, the the ITF pricing. They have decent odds as well if you're American. I'm. Uh, bet online sometimes ventures into it she might be someone to look for if she gets into a match with you know at a, at a high level itf uh, an itf 80 or an itf 100 and um, you know she's matched up with someone in the same region um, or someone who doesn't hit nearly as as well and and you get even money on her she she, she could present value in that in that secondary rank of events but uh, i'm not too optimistic on her at the wta level no
0: Yeah, I think I'll be trying to cherry-pick her at some international events, but maybe just that. Um, Tormo, Townsend, uh, Nina Stojanovic, a nice younger player. Um, I know that we were on her a couple times towards the end of the year, optimistic about her year next year.
2: Yeah, uh, I was also against her a lot at the end of the year and and lost. Um, So, uh, you know, she's someone who I surprised me with her indoor form. Um, if she plays well in indoors, as well as uh, I think she's she's more naturally predisposed to
0: clay, that that's someone to watch for sure, yeah. Christina McHale at 85. Peng, Katerina Kozlova, Titana Maria, noted coach Kirsten Flipkins, Christy Ahn, Anastasia Potapova, 91, finishes the year. Um, I know that's a player we talked nature. a lot about Um did she have a disappointing of year? Will move up. I hope so. No, she
1: just gets frustrated really easily.
0: Yeah, like any youngster
2: would. Yeah, she I think. Only uh, 18. Speak about Flipkins. Another name I'll throw out there for for people to watch. And what we'll, we'll, we'll try and do, um, for just for listeners, so they know not just a comprehensive 2020 preview, but I think also we're going to try and have Matter Tips Tennis on uh, our friend, um, who is an excellent scout and uh, kind of have maybe a half-hour to 40-minute discussion just based on young players to watch for. Uh, and you mentioned Flipkins, who today needed a third set tie break to beat the young American uh, Haley Baptiste. So, um, you know, that's someone to watch. And, and just so listeners know, we are going to try and schedule that um, as well because while it may not be the most, you know, the content that you, know, you may not know as many of the players... Uh, it'll certainly be one of the best episodes content-wise for um, value to watch for because you're going to find a lot of these young players that are unknown to the market yet um, and including some of the bookies uh, have, have had terrible prices on young players for years um, when they're first starting out or getting their first wild cards and I think that uh, that episode would will really help if if people want to take notes and, and watch for those names uh, sprinkled throughout ITFs and and, um, and 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 WT international tournaments and qualifying fields because there there are a ton of young players to watch for next year that I think you're going to get good odds on and you can really build a bankroll
0: with. Absolutely. So Potapova hopes she t- continues to take step forwards and, and find a little more consistency. Brangle at 92, another young player we like at 93. Paula Badosa, Hebert, uh, She had a really nice season. I think that's another name we'll be looking at next year. Sam Stoser, still in the top 100, 94. Daka at 95. Camilla Georgie drops all the way to 96 for the end of the year. Begu at 97. Roos at 98. Heather Watson at 99. And at 100, one of our very favorite players, Margarita Gasparian. Hey. Um, Oh, wow. Hopefully she stays healthy and and takes a big step forward. Um but that just rounds up. I don't know unless there's any other players you guys want to talk about. I thought that was a pretty good recap of the year. We got to touch on a lot of the bigger players. You know, some got to be positive a little, a negative a little, and uh, did a good job of talking about last year and looking forward towards next year. Um, Jorge, you made a great point. We'll definitely be doing some good off-season content here. We'll have Vinny on to talk about some of the younger players. You're t- absolutely hit the nail on the head. He is one of the best. Um, scouts of talent that there is at this point and continues year after year to kind of pick women that are 20 years or younger of age and um, pop you know coco Vandaway was on his list I'm, I'm sorry why do I keep doing that? Coco Goff was on his, his <laughs> list um, last year as well. Some other really nice younger players we'll have him on. Of course, we'll be doing the net worthies. Uh, that was a lot of fun last year. We did our awards for last year. So um, a little more talk on the previous season and give out some hardware for who we thought was the, the very best and the brightest. We'll be sure to post some polls like we did last year. Um and, you know, continue to do some more offseason stuff. We'll do a recap from a handicapping perspective of last year. Maybe get another guest on and try to talk about kind of lessons from last season, what we're looking at for next season. Um, and I think we'll have quite a bit to talk about in the next four or five weeks while we wait for the return of serious women's tennis. So unless you guys have anything else... Have a great week, everybody. We appreciate you listening. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at NetWorthPod so you get the podcast as quickly as you possibly can, and we'd love a rating or review on whatever app you're using. Have a great week.
1: Good luck in all your wagers.